As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Football Show. Welcome to Prospects to Pros, the show that talks about the guys heading to the NFL, the guys who got drafted into the NFL, everything in between. I'm Andy Staples. I'm here with the Athletics Draft Guru, Dane Brugger, and we have to talk college football playoff because it's coming new year's eve the peach bowl and the fiesta bowl are the semifinals. the winners will head to the national championship game and we have a lot of draft eligible prospects to watch on saturday so dane i think we should just get into it and i kind of want to start in atlanta because it's going through your mock draft there's something like eight potential first round picks in this game, I might be I might be shooting low. Two two of the yeah. guys, one from each team that that you think NFL teams may draft in the first round, aren't even playing because they're hurt. You got Nolan Smith out for Georgia, and you got Jackson right. Smith and Jigba out for Ohio State. But it is a bounty, and there are some matchups that are going to be fantastic to watch. I where where would you like to start? Like we we talked about this on the last show where I, I said I, I thought Keely Ringo versus Marvin Harrison Jr would be my favorite matchup to watch. You said CJ Stroud against against the dirty pocket that Georgia will create. But who who else are you really looking at in this game that you're thinking they can they can make some money, they could lose some money here. 
Well, I mean, let's just let's touch on those again, um, because I think they are so important uh, for evaluation purposes. And uh, again, I think we have to say that one game doesn't make or break a prospect, uh, good or bad. But we're all human, you know, subconsciously or consciously on a stage like this with everything at stake. If you're able to play at a very high level, that's going to mean something. Or on the the inverse, if you're if you fall flat on your face. That also might mean something, and so and you know who else these is games... human is NFL owners are human. Oh sure, and and very sometimes now some of them are very measured, but some of them are are very impulsive, and they may see a guy in one game and be like, "You have to take that guy to the general manager, or you're never putting this person on my team to the general manager." Sure, I mean that that, that absolutely happens, and that's why I always you know we talk about draft this time of year. But then I also kind of mentioned how things can change very quickly once coaches get involved, once owners mm-hmm. get involved. And that's about to happen here in a few months. Um, but yeah, you think telling me Jim Irsay, uh, you know, if he doesn't catch one of these games, <laughs> yes. it's not going to, uh, you know, assuming Chris Baller is still the GM, uh, you know, maybe uh, ha- have a few uh, things to add to the evaluation. <laughs> yeah, suggestions. Very good. Um so, I mean, I mean, with C.J. Stroud here, let, let's start with him. Like, this is a quarterback who is, we, we've talked about him a lot uh, the last uh, few months, last week, uh, very structurally sound. It'll be really interesting to see how they prepare for this Georgia defense if they do a little bit more to get him on the move, uh, designed or not. That's been the big knock on C.J. Stroud. He's just not a very creative quarterback. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you give him all the time in the world, he will pick you apart. But when things fall apart, which they often do against the Georgia defense, uh, this Georgia defense, they had eight draft picks last year, five in the first round, and they're still like, number two in the nation in scoring defense. Like, they're just ridiculous. It's just uh, reload with a lot of, uh, you know, four and five stars that are uh, playing at a high level. So, uh, this is a big thing for C.J. Stroud to see how he can match up against this uh, this really tough defense. You know, can he put the offense on his back? Can he make? Can he find the answers? That that's really what it is. Yeah. Can you find the answers to the test? And so uh, there's a lot with C.J. Stroud that's riding on this game and to see what he can do. I, I give you a trivia question, Dane. This this blew my mind All this right. morning as I was going through this. How many Georgia defenders have registered a tackle for loss this season? Oh, wow. Um, I'm assuming it's a lot. So let's go with 15. 26. Oh, gosh. That's ridiculous. 26. They, it, now, they blow out teams. So there, there's some younger guys yeah. who've gotten into games and gotten to, to compile a couple things. But I'm looking at the list, and the top, you know, the first 18 or so are guys that play very regularly. Yeah. I mean, you think about and that's why. Uh, Travon Walker uh, last year, and we, you know, we had so much. Uh, There's so much discourse about his evaluation um, and what he was asked to do. And Jordan Davis only playing, you know, 23 snaps a game. And this is a defense that that that's part of you know the secret sauce. Is it's not just the talent; it's the way that they sub in guys, keep guys fresh. Uh, you know, they have a lot. They go really deep at every single position, and that speaks to that 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 stat. Uh, really speaks to that with the way that they they what they ask of their players and the way that they get them involved. So that's uh, that that's a tall task for this Ohio State offense. 
Yeah, and now I, here's the part that I'm interested in because you've got Paris Johnson, their offensive tackle, yeah. as a potential first-round draft pick. You, you, you've you talked about how much you like Dewan Jones and, and how much he's impressed you at his size, the the other tackle. Uh, their center is a, is a prospect this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, everybody that plays for Ohio State was a blue-chip recruit that, that almost always. That every once in a while, they'll have a walk-on. who kind of, But for the most part, we're talking blue-chip of the blue-chip. And the question is, will they be capable of blocking this Georgia defensive front? Because there have been moments when they've had to run the ball, mm-hmm. had to gain yards on the ground, and couldn't. Like the Northwestern game, when the wind was blowing so badly, you could have had Dan Marino or Joe Montana on your roster and you weren't throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. They couldn't. They couldn't guarantee yards on the ground against Northwestern. And I realize Northwestern has a couple prospects, but Georgia's got guys that are going to play in the NFL three deep. They do. And that Georgia defensive line, it's, it's, I, there's not a lot of notable names uh, aside from Jalen Carter. And, you know, with Nolan Smith out, I mean, how many other just, uh, you know, the regular college football fan can name another Georgia front seven defender? Right. I mean, if you take out right. Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter, there's a lot of younger guys, uh, guys that aren't well known, but they're still really talented. And so this Ohio State offensive line, I, that interior it, with Jalen Carter going up against the interior of the Ohio State offensive line is going to be Oof. obviously yeah. one of the most important matchups in this game. The like all, all three of Ohio State's interior offensive linemen are going to be drafted or they're going to play in the NFL. Yes. OK, like they, they yes. have that talent. It's just they don't always play consistent. So, yeah, Luke Whippler at center. Uh, he'll have an NFL decision to make after this game. Um, I think Donovan Jackson, the left guard, has the highest ceiling, but he's only a sophomore, not eligible. And then Matthew Jones at right guard, um, he he also has a chance. that He has some draftable grades this year. So they, they've got guys. It's just a matter of can they do enough to execute the game plan. Jalen Carter, uh, you know, we, we've talked about him uh, at, at length many times. His block destruction is special, and that ability uh, to to break down the rhythm of blockers will destroy an offensive game plan. And so, um, it, it will that that is going to be a major factor in this game. What they do, and then on the edges, uh, Paris Johnson, Dewan Jones. Really, I mean, in my mock draft, I had three offensive tackles going in that first round. Two are playing in this game with yeah. uh, Paris Johnson on one side for Ohio State and Broderick Jones, the left tackle for uh, Georgia, on the other side, and. Uh, the other offensive tackle in my mock draft was Peter Skronsky, who might not even play offensive tackle at the next level. So uh, th- if you want an offensive tackle, uh, if your NFL team does, this is the game to watch to see how these guys mm-hmm. hold up. It'll be a really – and, you know, let's just talk about Broderick Jones too while we're talking about the offensive linemen. Uh, Broderick Jones, when he struggled this year, uh, you throw on the Missouri tape. You throw on the LSU yep. tape. He struggled against power and guys that could really get into his chest. He's a really good athlete. You love the movement skills. But when he struggled, it was against some of those guys that could get inside of his body. And Zach Harrison is one of Ah, the longest players in college football. I mean, he's got almost uh, 36-inch arms. And that speed, that build-up power could give Broderick Jones some uh, little bit of trouble. So that'll be definitely a matchup to watch. Yeah, and the getting back to the the interior of Ohio State's offensive line, we, you saw in the second half of the Michigan game they struggled with Mike Morris and Mozzie Smith. Yeah. Like Jalen Carter is notches above those, and those guys are good. Like those guys mm-hmm. are getting drafted and and mm-hmm. potentially pretty high. 
top so 100 Hart yeah. is levels above yeah. and that's that's the part and then Georgia's got some young guys that they'll throw in there that can do the same thing and and maybe not as well as Jalen Carter but do it very well so yeah I that that's the part up the middle because that's where you really if you're CJ Stroud you got trouble and then to your point do they move him around because if you're if you're if you are moving the pocket then that becomes less of an issue because when you, when you got to make that guy who's breaking through the A-gap run and sprint to where the quarterback is sprinting to, you're going to wear him out. So it's, it is possible to, to negate that a bit. It'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, game plan Ohio State has in terms of uh, the, the protection. Um, you know, do they uh, you know, keep a back home to block? Do they do a lot of movement? Do they you know, a lot of quick game? Um, uh, it, it really will be interesting. I, I mentioned on the last pod how uh, I don't think that, you know, like Keely Ringo, he, every single, you watch him on tape, every single snap, he's immediately retreating. Uh, you know, he's immediately going backwards and he gives up a lot of stuff in front of him. Uh, but mm-hmm. it will be tougher for them to win over the top against a Marvin Harrison, uh, not only because of that coverage, but also the pass rush getting home. So does Ohio State pivot a little bit and use a lot more movement than they have, than they've shown? Uh, CJ Stroud's not a bad athlete. He can do it, it, it at least yeah. physically, but can he? is he comfortable doing it? That's that's the right. really the unknown of this. And so that will definitely be uh, really interesting to watch. I mean, we know Ohio State's got the talent that, to yeah. match up with Georgia. They do. Ohio State could have the most draft picks in April. Of, of any college football team. It is very, very possible. It's just a matter of, can they, do they have the right game plan in place to match up what George is going to throw at them? That, that's what's interesting to me. And, and you mentioned keeping it in front of them. That was exactly George's plan against Tennessee, which was the, the most explosive mm-hmm. offense they played, where they never let anybody get behind them. They were happy to let Hennon Hooker throw the ball eight yards and just clobber the guy as soon as he caught it. And that that doesn't work. Like Jalen Hyatt doesn't break loose that way. Cedric Tillman doesn't break loose that way. And I would imagine that is the plan. Hendon Hooker's a better runner than than C.J. Stroud. Yeah. And their plan was light up Hendon Hooker too. Like, yeah. and that's that's the problem with Georgia. And and you've seen this throughout the time Kirby Smart's been there. He has more more at his disposal now. Like I go back to that Rose Bowl against the Baker Mayfield Oklahoma team. And they, they initially tried to keep everything in front of him, and Baker just picked him apart. And Kirby's like, screw it. Put an extra guy in the box. You guys play man, and, and we'll deal with it. And they ended up winning the game because of that. Now, I'm not even sure they got to put the extra guy in the box. Like, I think they can get pressure, and you saw it, because they, they bring the fourth guy from different places, and occasionally they bring the fifth guy. But they've got guys, they've got a, a, a adequate coverage, it feels like, every time. Yeah, and I mean, Christopher Smith had a big game in the SEC championship game against LSU. Um, this, not to um, you know, talk too much about Keely Ringo, but this is a big game for him to to show mm-hmm. that he is a a natural cover man. Like we've said before, a Trevon Diggs baby. Yeah, <laughs> gamble, well, and, gamble, gamble, gamble. <laughs> right, and with Ringo, he's going to size speed off the charts. But um, I, you know, if he he needs to have a good game, he's not a lock top twenty pick. Put it that way, because yeah. the awareness, the technique, so it doesn't all just look natural for him. And so, in the NFL, it'll be a little bit easier to to complete passes on him. So uh, this will be a big game for Ringo. I mean, you're looking at. The uh, that front seven for Georgia, and a, are we going to see maybe in 
um, an underrated player shine through. Like uh, like a name to keep an eye on is uh, uh, Robert Beal uh, for, yeah. for Georgia, uh, number 33, uh, who, you know, with Nolan Smith out, you want to see him maybe step up a little bit. He's a fifth-year senior. He's been in the program for a long time. Good-sized player. He's 6'4", 255 pounds, has 34.5-inch arms, Georgia kid. Um, I mean, he's already 23 years old. He's an older player, and so this is his time to shine. If we're going to see maybe a, a lesser-known player shine for Georgia, I, I think it could be Robert Beal. That is a, an excellent choice because that's a guy who was generating buzz before the season just because of his right. traits. But, yeah. you know, it, it's it's Georgia, and you're not going to put up big – it's the same reason Jermaine Johnson left Georgia and went to Florida State. Like, wanted to right. be an every-down player and, and showed he was a first-round draft pick. So – Sometimes with Georgia, the stats don't necessarily tell the story. Let, let's flip the, the ball around. Talk mm-hmm. about when Georgia's on offense, when, when Ohio State's on defense. Uh, Steel Chambers, the converted running back, linebacker, he said he's coming back. Tommy Eichenberg, the, the linebacker, has said he's not sure what he wants to do. This is a, a person who I, I want to see what, what he does because he's going to have to deal with Darnell Washington. He's going to have to yes. deal with Brock Bowers. He's going to have to tackle Kenny McIntosh. I guess you better have a great game. Yeah. And Georgia, we know they, uh, they use more of a committee based run game that that's kind of the foundation of their game plan. But yeah, no doubt. Mac McIntosh is the lead dog there. Uh, leads the team in rushing. I think he's got 10 touchdowns now. Uh, he was my top ranked running back prospect, uh, among the seniors in the summer. And I think he's done a nice job this year as being the guy, um, you know, he's, he's, Probably going to be somewhere in that third, fourth round range. He's got really good hands out of the backfield. But Tommy Eichenberg, I man, there are some scouts that are super high on Tommy Eichenberg. Uh, they, they believe he could be a top 50, top 60 pick, uh, which I, surprised me a little bit just because I think his coverage is a little hit or miss. But uh, as a run defender, he is lights out. I mean, extremely disciplined with his eyes, with his fits, uh, strong rap tackler. Uh, his, his downhill angles and burst are just outstanding. And so, uh, Tommy Eichenberg is, he'll, he'll have an NFL decision to make after this one. He said he's undecided or he said he hasn't really thought about it yet. Um, you know, I, 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 it'll be interesting to see what he does after this one. Uh, but I think, you know, to your point with these tight ends, because there's no doubt Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, that's, uh, that's how uh, Georgia wants to play with those two guys in terms of moving the football how they match up against the Ohio State safeties, whoever wins that matchup, that might determine the outcome of this game. Uh, you know, it, Brock Bowers, he leads the team in receiving. Um, Darnell Washington's top four on the team in receiving. And then what they give you in Let's blocking. be clear. Brock Bowers would be their best running back, too, if, oh, if sure. they just handed him the ball. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, he, yeah, exactly. Uh, it, but even as a blocker, Brock Bowers, I don't think gets enough credit uh, with what yeah. he does. Now, Darnell Washington, that's, uh, you know, there aren't many lean, athletic 280 pounders uh, like him out there. Uh, but, you know, that's what he offers is what he uh, as, as, a, as a blocker. So how Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington match up with Ronnie Hickman and Lathan Ransom, the Ohio State safeties, and they go deeper than that Tanner McAllister and uh, a couple other guys, but those two guys, especially Ransom and Hickman, that that really could tell the story of this game. I mean, Hickman, he's already declared for the draft. He'll be in this class. I think he's some. He's, he's got a chance to go top 100 because he's big, long, speedy guy. Um, he's been Ohio State's best cover uh, cover man in in the secondary. 
But I think a part of that is he doesn't take a lot of chances. I want to see him take a little more chances in this one. Um, he's given up only one catch of 15 yards or more this year. Uh, so Ronnie Hickman's in very good in coverage. And then Lathan Ransom, his he, he's, he's a little more hit or miss. His highs are higher than Hickman, but his lows are lower uh, when you yeah. just break down his film. And so... Can Ransom play? Because you, you watched the Maryland game, and Ransom's all over the place. Oh, he was all over punt, the field. Yeah. And, yeah. But against Michigan, it was the opposite. Uh, you know, he did not have a good game against Michigan. So what can he can he have a strong game, both those safeties? Uh, that will go a long way to limiting those two tight ends for Georgia. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. For their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash maze, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash maze now to grow your business, no matter which stage you're in. Shopify.com slash maze. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I am going to be very intrigued by this and and I, Darnell Washington as a receiver because I still think they were messing around with LSU in the SEC championship yeah. game that that two-point conversion to Darnell Washington to just get this on tape for whoever yep. has to play play in the playoffs to scare the hell out of you because that that's exactly what that is is you know he has not been used as much as a, as a receiver as I think he will be in the NFL strictly because Brock Bowers is on the team with him and sure. yeah but but if the matchup is there, they're going to take it. And that, there's a guy we have not talked about yet. And it was a very polarizing topic when it came to the Heisman Trophy. I don't think he will be when it comes to the draft. But Stetson Bennett, I, I believe Stetson Bennett will make an NFL roster and will, will draw an NFL paycheck for a number of years. Do I think he'll ever be a starting quarterback in the NFL? Probably not. But... 
this is a very good college quarterback who you, you mentioned Zach Harrison. Well, if Zach Harrison breaks through and puts pressure on Stetson Bennett, Stetson Bennett's proven he can move around enough to, to negate a little bit of pressure. He has. He can move. Uh, Stetson Bennett, you know, when he first came in well, a couple years ago, um, you know, we were thinking JT Daniels was going to be the future for Georgia. Um, and Stetson Bennett comes in and it was just like, you know, who's this guy? Like, what? You know, this, yeah. this is this is the best Georgia can do. And just over time, he's gotten better and better and better and, and, and quieted a lot of doubters. Now, I mean, I, I didn't think that Stetson Bennett belonged in you know, in, in New York for the Heisman ceremony. I thought Hendon Hooker got robbed, but since Ben has had a very good year and I think that yeah. he has a chance to get drafted, which I did not think over the summer, uh, it, the way he's played, the way he's been a distributor of the football, you know, the, the size is average. The arm is yeah. average, but the ball comes out clean. It comes out on time. He has a good feel for where pressure is coming from. And, and to your point, he he's a better athlete than than you expect. He he could yeah, move right, around the, a yeah, little bit. Athleticism is above average. That's and that's the part I think yeah. people people don't get. They they think oh, there's a, is this try hard guy? No no no. He's pretty fast and his instincts are very good in terms of pocket presence and all that. So right. I, I I am very excited to see that. I I think this is. It has a potential to be a very good game if Ohio State plays its best game. Mm-hmm. If if Ohio State does not play its best game, you will see some just existential dread coming from Buckeyes fans afterward because it'll be that's the team that we're supposed to be able to match up with and it, and we can't. And we've lost to Michigan two years in a row. Yeah. Yeah. I there's no doubt and you know, when you think about Ohio State over the years and when they've had success, I mean, let's go all the way back to, uh, you know, like 2014, the first year of the college football playoff when they mm-hmm. Ohio State won it all, you know, against Alabama. I mean, that, that Sugar Bowl was one of the best games. Uh, it was just a fun matchup back and forth. Back and so many NFL players. Like, it's amazing yeah. going back and look at the NFL players on that field from – Ezekiel Elliott to Joey Bosa to Michael Thomas to and then on Alabama with Jonathan Allen and Derrick Henry. I mean, it was amazing. And but a big reason Ohio State won that game is they got consistent pressure on Blake Sims. And mm-hmm. so that is going to be a big part of this. Also, and, a big reason Ohio State won that game is Blake Sims was Alabama's quarterback. Yes, that 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 did play a part. I mean, Cardell Jones, you know, on the other side, I, I, you know, he did enough not to not to hurt Ohio State, but yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, Blake Sims had a couple of interceptions in that game that just uh, it really held him back. But they were able to went with Michael Bennett at defensive tackle, Joey Bosa at mm-hmm. defensive end. I mean, they got consistent pressure on the pocket. Yeah. And can Ohio State do that this year against a pretty good Georgia offensive line? Um, I mean, Georgia. If Michigan won the Joe Moore Award this year. And we talk about Michigan here in a second. If Georgia mm-hmm. won the Joe Moore Award, I don't think anybody would have batted an eye. I mean, I think, oh, no. yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's they're yeah, a Cedric, very— Cedric Van Pan Granger, the, the center, is, yes. is a prospect that, that you're going to be talking about, yes. I would imagine, quite a bit this spring. Well, and maybe even, yeah, if he declares, he's he's a young player, only a Richard sophomore, yep. so you know he, he has an NFL decision to make. This is a not a great center class, and, and so you know Van Pran can— uh, certainly help that. Um, I, but yeah, Vincent, uh, Teron Vincent, uh, Michael Hall, mm-hmm. the Ohio State defensive tackles, 
Can they get a little bit of that interior pressure? And then, uh, you know, JTT and Zach Harrison and, and the defensive ends Ohio State has, can they have any success? Warren McClendon is the Georgia right tackle. I think he's probably an NFL guard, but he could come out and, and be a guy you look at in the top four rounds. So this Georgia offensive line is very, very talented. And it, it's it's going to be a big part of the, the game plan for Ohio State. If they're going to win, if they're going to keep it close, it's getting pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. Well, let's let's move out to the Fiesta Bowl. Let's let's talk Michigan and TCU. It's a it's a different vibe here. You know, yep. it's it's very interesting because the two teams with the most prospects are playing one another in the one four game, and the two teams with the least prospects are playing each other in the in the two three game. If the if there's a first rounder on the field, is it is there is Quentin Johnson from TCU the receiver? Anybody else yeah. on this field that could sneak into that? Um, you know, I think Mozzie Smith has a chance. Uh, obviously, there's he's been in the news for the wrong reasons uh, this month, and so that's got to work itself out. Um, I mean, Jim Harbaugh has been very adamant about his decision not to suspend him at all. Or well, and the, the really... information about that, I, I think when you read everything that happened, I it, I understand where. Harbaugh and the administration are coming from and you know Mozzie Smith was maybe not as clear on the laws as he should have been but right he's facing felony weapons charges so you know for people that don't know he's he he was pulled over with a loaded gun in his car and I mean it's just coming back from the gun range he had not locked right which if you know if you've ever taken a concealed carry class like that's the first thing I tell you Lock that sucker up. Make sure it's not readily available to you. And he had loaded magazines in his pockets. Right. You're going to get in big trouble every time if if that happens. And so it you know it, it well depending on your state, but right that's that. But if you look at how it's been handled since then, I that's one of those. I think in the interviews he's going to be able to say, I, "I'm sorry, I was trying to learn the right things to do, and I didn't know them." Yeah, and that may or may not work, but. I think it, you you got a shot at that point, but you know it, it is it is interesting because because Mozzie Smith, you look at that game against Ohio State, he was very disruptive against yeah. the Buckeyes. I think he can be very disruptive against TCU, which by the way has a center Steve Avila who is a draft prospect. Yeah, playing left guard. Yeah, he's he was their center. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. He, that's right. He started as their center. And, and, and they moved yeah. out to left guard because they brought in um, Alan Ali uh, from right. SMU. And so that, but I mean, like, both these guys are like five-year starters. I mean, they've been in playing, for, they've seen a lot of football. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that matchup would be a lot of fun uh, because yeah, Mozzie Smith, and it's, you leave him one-on-one, he can, he can win that matchup and find his way into the backfield pretty quickly. If you double team him, he can handle double teams as well. So, you know, he's just, uh, he's a really impressive, impressive player, but Steve Avila, yeah, I, I like him quite a bit. I mean, he's more of a phone booth guy than, than a guy you want on the move, but big-bodied, heavy hands, knockback power. Um, so that'll be a good matchup. And then um, look, let's talk about Max Duggan. Um, he yeah. is – he's already said that he's going to declare for the draft. Uh, he was a fourth-year senior, yep. so, you know, could have gone back. But, uh, you know, I, I don't blame him for going now. He This is a guy that was – you know, highly recruited out of Iowa. Um, Ohio State offered him. Uh, Nebraska thought they had him. And he decides to, you know, Iowa and Kirk Ferentz were the, was the first team to offer him back when he was a sophomore. 
And he decides that, you know, I want to change the scenery. I want to go to a, a, a bigger area in terms of, you know, not a college town. I want to go to uh, a metropolitan area. And he chose, chooses TCU. And, uh, you know, his last three years or his first three years were very up and down. And it's, he wasn't really considered a draft prospect coming into the year. He wasn't he even, even a win starter. The starting job this no, year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Against uh, Colorado, right? In the opener, the uh, yeah, Chan- Chandler. Chandler Morris started. Yeah. Chandler Morris, yeah, the the who's father Chad Morris, longtime mm-hmm. high school and college football coach. But yeah, and and Duggan though this decision I think is very interesting because you look at Michael Penix, Bo mm-hmm. Nix, some of these quarterbacks who who could have come out who decided to stay, I think Duggan's looking at that and going, you know what? This pushes me up. Sure. Well, and that's, he already got a senior bowl invite. Um, I mean, it's, you look at, because if Penix comes out, Bo Nix comes out, I mean, who knows if, if Duggan gets that invite, if Hendon Hooker's still healthy. So yeah, you look at this senior class of quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, it's, it's Will Levis. Then, you know, it, there's a little bit of a gap and then it's okay. Mm-hmm. What's what's the order after that? I mean, I think a lot of people would say Hook, Hendon Hooker's next, but that's not going to be a universal thought. Um, I'm Jake a big, Hainer, baby. big Jake Hayner fan. Uh, Aiden O'Connell. A lot of teams like Aiden O'Connell. I, there are some third-round grades on Aiden O'Connell out there. And Clayton Toons in the mix. And then Max Duggan's right there with with those guys. Um, I mean, after that, you, you know, my guy from Shepard, uh, Tyson Bajant. Uh, then you were talking about Stetson Bennett, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Sam Hartman hasn't decided what he's doing yet. So, yeah, Max Duggan's got a chance to really capitalize on this season being a, a, uh, the Heisman front run or not the front of the runner-up. Um, and, you know, who knows what, what he could do in this game. It, and it's he's going up against a Michigan defense that's pretty pretty good. I mean, they rank top five in the yeah. country in yards allowed, points allowed. Um, and so Max Duggan is a guy that when that first option's taken away and there's no clear run lanes, can he find second, third, fourth options in the passing game? That's what I want to see from yep. him in this one. Um, it, cause it's, that's what, and that's what TCU is going to need to do to win. It's not going to be just simply ground and pound with Kendra Miller and, and Duggan. It's, they're going to have to put the ball in the air. And when that, when Quentin Johnson's taken away or Darius Davis or whoever, um, it, it'll be a really interesting matchup. One of the, I do you know, get back to Quentin Johnston. We talked about Marvin Harrison Jr. versus uh, Keely Ringo. Quentin Johnston mm-hmm. versus Michigan's DJ Turner. That to me yes. is one of the more fun one-on-one matchups. DJ Turner, you know, he's a freaks list guy for for our buddy Bruce Feldman. Uh, you know, he runs in the four twos, uh, twenty-three miles per hour on the GPS. This guy's got speed, and he's a really physical player. How he matches up with Quentin Johnston, who, you know, once once you give Quentin Johnston a runway, he just takes off. And his size, the way he tracks the football, he could be a weapon down the field. So that's going to be a lot of fun. For TCU to win, they're going to have to hit a few of those big shots. Yep. Um, and that's going to be a fun matchup between that receiver and, and corner. W- Will Johnson, the five-star freshman, the, the mm-hmm. corner on the other side, who may find himself matched up against Quentin Johnston. Quentin Johnson is an interesting one because he's the one who scares you and everyone in the Big 12 knew that's who they're going at most of the time. That's that's who they're looking for. And they still couldn't stop him. And that, that yeah. would scare me. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. 
Mm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Another guy I'm excited to watch, and, and he's already said he's coming back because I, I think he, pr- he probably feels like he needs more seasoning on this side of the ball is Mikey Sanders still at Michigan, the nickel. He's a yeah. converted receiver made per, I think the biggest play in the Ohio state game when he knocked that ball away from Cade Stover in the end zone. In the end zone. Uh, yeah. I'm excited to see him develop more as a DB because it hasn't been that long since he got moved over from receiver, but, but DJ Turner and Will Johnson, the two corners at Michigan, I, that's a, those two guys may be the most important players on the field for the Wolverines this week. Yeah, no doubt. And and Sanders still, he's, uh, I mean, 5'9", 185 pounds. Like, he's just not a big guy. Um, and that's obviously going to complicate his NFL evaluation. But, yeah, the more he just shows up and makes plays, uh, that's definitely going to be, uh, you know, something that, that helps him. Now, on the flip side, you know, talking about Michigan receivers, we saw a few of those guys really shine uh, against Ohio State. Are, can we see that against TCU, who has a pretty, you know, they've got some guys on that defense uh, that are going to play in well, the NFL. To, oh, yeah. Leading with, Including yeah, one, I mean, uh, Trevius Hodges Tomlinson. Exactly. Ladanian's nephew, who, and like he's a, it, it's a tough conversation a little bit because he is small. I mean, there's no hiding it. He is under 5'8". Uh, he's under 180 pounds. He's under 30 inch arms. I mean, he's small hands. Everything about, uh, you know, his game. Uh, just on paper is small, but he plays so much bigger than that. And so can he have another big game going up against Ronnie Bell uh, or Cornelius Johnson? Um, and Ronnie Bell is an interesting one because he's a, as a zone route runner, he he will pick you apart all day. He finds the holes in the defense, sits down, um, he catches the ball really well, but he's not very good in contested situations. Uh, and that's something that's music to the ears of Hodges Tomlinson because he will crowd the catch point. He will get up on you and make it really difficult to finish catches. And so, uh, that, that's going to be a big matchup for Michigan. Those, those receivers to win the one-on-one matchups. Um, and it's, it's going to be fun to see if TCU can stop that. Well, and Cornelius Johnson was the breakout star of the Ohio state game, catching all those long passes. Mm -hmm. You look at his game by game throughout his career. He's just never had that, but. They've never had a quarterback who could get it to him until J.J. Right. McCarthy or who could get it down the field that way. And then they didn't ask J.J. McCarthy to really do that until the Ohio State game. I'm kind of curious with these Michigan receivers. Do we really know what they are? Mm-hmm. Because we haven't gotten a chance to see what they can do because they haven't either haven't had the quarterback to get it to them or they haven't asked the quarterback to get it to them. It'll be really interesting to see what Cornelius Johnson does after this because he's a fourth-year senior. Technically, could yeah. go back. Um, it, it, you know, if he if he goes to the draft, he'll be. Uh, I don't. I don't. His senior Bowl's already taken a lot of receivers, uh, but I mean, he's a guy that I know scouts like. I mean, they think he's draftable. Uh, you know, he's six, six three two, two and a half, right side. Yeah, yeah. right. I mean, he's he's got thirty-two inch arms. He, he's a guy that. Uh, you know, it's probably in the, you know, four, four, eight range in terms of speed. Like there's a lot there to like with Cornelius Johnson. It's just a matter of, it's not that he can't do it. It just wasn't asked to be, to do it, uh, consistently downfield. So, um, but you know, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I'm going to say, Hey, you know, next year is probably our last year with JJ McCarthy. We need a veteran receiver and we're going to, we're going to unleash it more. We're going to throw the ball downfield more. I mean, maybe they can convince him to go back to school next year. We'll see. 
And w- one more Michigan player I wanted to ask you about before we, we get out of here, Dane, is the, the guy, I think he was the second most important transfer this year behind the Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams. Uh, that's Olu Oluwatimi, the, the center, who came from Virginia. He won the Outland Trophy and the Remington Trophy. From a an intangible standpoint, the most important player on Michigan's offensive line. I, I, I'm curious, as far as your evaluation, I don't, is he the best player on Michigan's offensive line? Or... You know, how, how does he how does he fall in terms of evaluation? So, look, it, I'm going to get killed by Michigan fans for this, but go for it. Be nice. Be honest. I, I'll i be honest. I'm not going to be nice, but I just I do not like Olu Timmy that much as a prospect. Um, I I gave him a, I gave him a six round grade. Um, I, I think there's a lot of issues that uh, are going to really pop up uh, once he gets to the next level. Um, I, I don't see a guy, if he's going to be my starter at the next level, that's really going to worry me. Um, he just too often you see him knocked off balance by power. Uh, just that, that inconsistent balance through contact really bothers me. The, the inconsistent pad level, uh, he doesn't displace guys. So I think he's really good with that initial positioning, but the sustain is very inconsistent. And he's a center-only prospect. And that's something that I know a lot of teams, you know, that'll bother them as well, being a center-only. So, I, I, you know, I think he is draftable. But we're talking about a late-round guy more so than a guy that should go in the top four rounds. Um, you know, I think because he won all these awards and, and, and all that, you know, people are getting a little warped sense of type of prospect he is. But now, with that said, he's still a very, very, to your point, very important to what Michigan does up front. This um, is a little like Barrett, Barrett Jones when he was at Alabama. Critically right. important to Alabama's team, not necessarily the best NFL prospect. Right, exactly, hundred percent. And you know, I, I think that's we've seen that this year. Um, I think Ryan Hayes at uh, left tackle probably going to move inside to guard. I think he's a better prospect. Um, uh, Zach Zinter, who I'm told is fifty fifty on whether he's coming out uh, or going back to school at guard. He's a really good player. Uh, if he comes out, I think he could he would be the first Michigan. Uh, offensive lineman drafted so you know that that offensive line is just such an impressive unit overall and the way they're coached and the way they execute and you know it starts with each one of those guys and um so that that'll and look let's we have to mention because obviously we know michigan they want to run the football and without uh blake corum blake corum right but you know uh uh with uh donovan edwards donovan edwards yeah. Stepped in and averaged 200 yards rushing the last two games against Ohio State and Purdue. So we know they can get it done on the ground with Donovan Edwards. What does TCU, TCU's run defense? Uh, it's two yeah. guys I'm keeping an eye on here. Linebacker, uh, D. Winters, who is smaller player. Uh, and that's going to hurt him in the evaluation process. But he's still draftable because he has outstanding range. Uh, the chase speed is, is very good. The stopping power at contact is very good. Um, you know, he needs to have a big game and then on the edge, cause they run like kind of a three man front on the edge, uh, plays mostly left end Dylan Horton, uh, the defensive end, uh, six, four, We talked about him a little bit with, uh, Jim Nagy when we had him on a few weeks ago or mm-hmm. last month. This is a really underrated player. I think he's a day two player all day. Um, he had a great game against Kansas state in the big 12 championship game. Uh, if if the TCU defense is going to limit that Michigan offense, those two players, D. Winters, Dylan Horton, both will be draft picks. I think both need a big game uh, in this one. So the running game, I find this very interesting because 
you know, TCU not as successful stopping the run against Kansas State, which is a, a different kind of offense. Against Texas, though, with B. John Robinson, mm. 21 carries, 28 yards. Now, in yeah. college, they take out sacks for rushing, but they only had two sacks. TCU only had two sacks in that game. They shut down Bijan Robinson in a game that Texas decided to turn into a rock fight, and TCU was perfectly capable of playing that way. And that's that is the only thing that that game is what gives me a glimmer of hope for TCU in this game is that they did play a team that said, you know what, we're gonna try to beat you on the ground. They shut them down, made them one dimensional, made their quarterback beat them, and. Quinn Ewers was not up to the task. J.J. McCarthy, though, different story. Yeah. We're not talking about him as a draft prospect. He's only a sophomore. Mm-hmm. But we talked earlier about the receivers not being asked to do a ton. J.J. McCarthy wasn't asked to do much until the Ohio State game when he basically put the team on his back for three quarters. And right. I am very excited to see what he does as the competition level rises here in the playoff i'd love to see him against against georgia because sure jj mccarthy versus georgia very different than Cade mcnamara last year versus georgia but they got to get past tcu first so can he have that kind of game against tcu if tcu sells out and like we are stopping the run you better mm-hmm. beat us through the air can he do it yeah uh, no doubt that'll be a big part of this one and i mean the only thing i'd say about texas tcu is texas feel like they they went away from the running game pretty quick in that one. I think Bijan only finished with 12 carries. Uh, That's one thing we know Michigan won't do. They will stay with the run game and keep it going. But to your point, JJ McCarthy, if he, if they need him to make a big play through the air, can he do it? I, his talent is off the charts. Uh, I mean, he's not just spy uh, size movement guy. He's got the arm. He's got a lot of ability there. So yeah, that, that'll be a big part of this game. And it's something that, we look, look, you know, as we you know get into the summer and look at the 2024 quarterback class, we know about Drake May. We've talked about Caleb Williams. J.J. McCarthy could be on a trajectory to at least join them in that top tier. He has that type of ability. It's just, you know, and Quinn Ewers could be, could be there as well. So uh, this will be a, a fun one to watch for McCarthy, who seems like a really confident, coachable kid. Yeah. And that's going to help him. Yeah. Hey, if you, if you want to see the, the, teammate play go back to the the 2021 big 10 championship game there's a donovan edwards run against iowa where jj mccarthy is is lead blocking for him 35 yards down the field it's it's more it's i'm not sure what's more impressive that jj mccarthy runs with donovan edwards and actually beats him because he gets ahead of him to block (laughs) for him but then lays a tremendous block on the guy when he gets there so yeah, it, it, it's it's going to be fun. I I can't wait. I am so excited about the college football playoff. Uh, I like these two matchups. I think they're going to be fun games. I, I hope we don't get two blowouts. I, I'm tired of the blowouts. I realize the 12 teams coming in a couple years, but, but before it before the 14 dies, give us one where all the games are fun. This might be one of those. Dane, thank you so much. Cannot wait to talk to you afterward. This was The Athletic Football Show.